the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. And if it's Wednesday, it's Luca night. That's right. Anybody who knows me I knows that Wednesday night I am with Luca Joseph Idala. That is my son, and that is why it is my favorite night of the week. And we're going to talk about what, what Luca and I are doing tomorrow morning. That is going to be so wonderful. I'm gushing with pride. But first, let's talk about today. It is Wednesday. We are live here in the studio at 111 Broadway. And I've been doing this for three weeks, uh, going to court, working all day, and uh, then coming to the studio. It, it is very convenient. The studio is located very close to both the uh, Manhattan courthouses and the Brooklyn courthouses. And I am in the Brooklyn courthouse uh, these, these past three weeks. So, so it's been a, a quick hop, skip, and a jump over here. Uh, I did uh, deliver a closing argument today in a summation case. And, uh, well, in a summation case, in a homicide case. It's called a summation. I should let you know uh, Matt Sambolin is here. And Joan Pelzer, who likes to be called Joni, is here. Uh, and she's all upset because I don't know. I don't know why she's upset. Sam Bowling, you know why Joan's upset today? She didn't get any airtime. Oh, right, right. It's because Sibelia got to talk yesterday. It's because I was looking for you, Joan, to ask you for some show prep and you would know where to be found. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, I did. I called you I, I, about 545 and you were gone. Yeah, you would. Okay, good. If Shakespeare is more important than uh, the Idola Power Hour, we know where your priorities are. So let me just give you guys a breakdown how how things work in the life of a lawyer. Um, so the trial has been going on for three weeks, and uh, the uh, person who's charged with homicide uh, testified yesterday. My partner, Mike Ceccarino, put him on the stand, and he told his version of events. It is a self-defense c- case, so the issue is not who did it, but it's what happened. And uh, Mr. Jacarino was very well prepared and had the client very well prepared. And he did an excellent job, uh, and which I told the client from the beginning, this whole case is going to come down to how, uh, you know, how you tell everyone what you were thinking, what you saw, what your feelings were. And I thought he did an excellent job yesterday. Um, and then so today now the pressure is on me. It goes from, uh, you know, Mr. Jacarino did the opening. That pressure was on him and he did most of the main witnesses. And then the pressure lifts off him after the def- after the person accused of the crime does a great job, and it was all on me. So I 
I was at the office last night after the show. I got there rather quickly, I would say, because I was in the mode. And what you do is you look at all of your notes that you've taken throughout the course of the trial. So I do is I take one pad and I designate it like the summation pad. And from the very, very, very beginning, when the judge gives the initial instructions to potential jurors, there are things that a judge says about beyond a reasonable doubt and presumption of innocence. And I start writing down, I start writing down quotes that the judge says. So then I could like bring those quotes back uh, to life with the jurors on on today and at the the day of the um, uh, the closing arguments, because this is the last time we get to address the jury in a trial. You basically get to address the jury three times directly in jury selection when you can have a conversation with them in opening statements when you could tell them what you believe the evidence is going to show and then in closing arguments which was today which is you're summing up the case and you're making your argument as to why a jury should find in your favor and that's applicable what i just told you in 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 any case whether it's a murder case or a car accident case a civil case a criminal case a corporate case any kind of litigation more or less those are the rough those are the loose rules uh so you you know last night I, I get back to the office after doing the power hour with the great guests that Joni in her absence had lined up um and uh you know you take a you take a a, a deep breath and you just start because there's a feeling of like being overwhelmed right it's been a three-week trial there's been a lot of uh witnesses um, there are many different areas to cover. Uh, the person accused of the crime testified, which is not typical, typically because they have the right to remain silent and they don't have to prove anything. Typically, uh, a, a defendant does not testify. So there's a lot to digest and break down. And the first thing you got to do is figure out, like, what are the highlights? What do I need to deliver to to a jury? What do I want jurors to look at? What do I want them to focus on? Uh, and then you have to figure out how to organize it in a way that makes sense and that it's flowing and that one ties into another, ties into another. When I say one, I mean one subject matter, one topic goes from one into the other into the other. And then you have to figure out a way to make things entertaining. Uh, and I, I say that with, with all sincerity. I, you know, I spoke today for, I think, an hour and 10 minutes. If you're just standing holding a podium and you're like, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Arthur Idala, and I'm here to represent my friend, blah, 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 blah. And here's what I think the evidence has shown. And like, that's not going to work. You know, you got to be like, up, 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 up. And then sometimes you're like, but the, the, the fact, the fact that that assures there are so many reasonable doubts is this, that, and the other thing. You whisper, then you yell, and then you go up. And then I think I was, at one point, I was crawling literally on my hands and knees throughout the, throughout the courtroom. I, I, I ran, I think, two or three different times. I think I did some jumping. I did some screaming. Um, so you need to do what I like to do on the radio. You need to educate and entertain at the same time. I don't want to just sit on the airwaves here and tell you guys, oh, hold on, hey, let me tell you what's going on. Trump's fines are over and rat sightings are up and just do it in a monotone, boring voice. You try to do it in a way that, that and, and insert little... Um, I don't know, vignettes that keep you guys engaged. This is the same exact skill set when you're in front of a jury. And uh, you get into a zone. So so last night, I'm sitting there with Mike Jacarino. I'm sitting there with Lino DeMassi, who's our young associate who's spectacular. And, you know, just going through the evidence, going through what we need to highlight. And then they leave around 10, 1030. And I stayed there basically to almost 2 o'clock in the morning. 
And what I do is I just walk the hall. There's a very long hall in my office in Brooklyn. And I just walk up and down that hall, kind of clutching onto a legal pad and jotting down the notes and jotting down, you know, but I'm, I'm saying it out loud and I'm trying to write at the same time. It gets a little, a little difficult. And then the, my whole key is I take a regular manila folder and I try to uh, take all of my thoughts and all of my subject matters and put them all on those four sides of the folder so that when I stand before the jury, I'm not standing there with a whole bunch of papers and they, they, they're fixated. They're like, oh boy, how many pieces of paper? I'm basically standing up there with four or five pieces of paper that are on each side of a folder. And you practice it, you practice it, you practice it. You go to sleep, you try to get a power of four or five hours, which I did. And then as soon as I wake up, I grab those four pieces of paper. And in the bathroom, I'm working on it. In the shower, I'm working on it. I don't drive in because I want to sit in the back of the car service and I'm working on it. Then when I go into the, the courthouse, I say hello to everyone. I go sit in a corner and I work on it again. So that when I stand up to make the presentation to the jurors, it flows. That I'm not locked in to like uh, you know, to the written word. And I know what the, the themes are. Um, I don't. I, I don't know if y'all all find this interesting, but I do know that everyone's watching podcasts about crimes, and there's 1,800 crime victim movies on and TV shows on. But this is the real deal, and it was live streamed. So even though there were maybe I don't know 50, 60 people in the courtroom, when I looked up at the live stream, there was I think 40 people at one point watching. It was like 100 people watching, and. Um, you know, it, it was amazing because you just get into this zone that it's hard to describe. I'm, I would imagine professional athletes, you know, get into that zone or performers on a Broadway show where like the whole world just kind of fades away and, and you're just so focused on the task at hand that really nothing else in those moments really matter. And you do a lot of ad-libbing. You do a lot of um, uh, vocal intonations to make sure people are paying attention. You have to keep people's uh, attention for an hour and 10 minutes. That's not easy in today's day and age where we're so used to being locked on our phones. So uh, I did my closing argument. Uh, the, the client was very happy, which was very important. Uh, the prosecutor then after lunch did their closing argument. Tomorrow morning, the judge then reads the law to the jurors, and then the jurors start deliberating. And people are like, oh, how long are deliberations? Who knows? They could be an hour. They could be a week. They could be anything in between. They could be two weeks if the jurors say they're still working. I doubt that's going to happen. Uh, I have no predictions on the outcome, except we worked really, really hard. And at the end of the day, you need to look in the mirror, uh, whatever it is that you do. And you need to say, hey, I worked my tail off. I did everything I could. I left it all on the table. There's nothing else I could have done. As Justice Scalia told me, Arthur, if you're going to do something, you do it right or you don't do it at all. That's why tomorrow night I am apparently broadcasting with so Sam Bolin. You're going to be there? Yes, I will. With Matt Sam Bolin. I'm, I'm going to be broadcasting uh, from Marco Polo Restaurant on Court Street. That kind of just popped up because I have to be there anyway. So, uh, But we got some great guests coming up. Don't go anywhere. So we're going to talk about cybersecurity coming up with our very next guest. It's going to be great. And um, there's so much you need to know about cybersecurity. And there's so much you need to know about keeping your, your things safe, meaning your online, your passwords and your documents. Speaking of documents, the documents that you need Connors and Sullivan to create for you uh, are healthcare proxies, 
and power of attorneys and wills and trusts and an overall estate plan. Um, you know, today when I was standing in the courthouse, even though I was on not that much sleep, I, you know, I felt really good. I was like, I real, really felt really solidly healthy as an ox. Then you finish and you sit down and like the, all the air, the wind comes out of your sails. You're like, oh boy, okay, yep, I'm 54 years old. So that's why you should do what I've done. You should make sure you have a power of attorney. You should make sure you have a healthcare proxy. You should make sure you go to Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law who know what they're doing because they've been doing it for 40 years and make sure you have all the documents necessary so that if you're not healthy and you need a healthcare proxy, meaning uh, telling doctors who to talk to if you can't speak, if you need a power of attorney, telling people in the legal community who to uh, speak with if you can't speak, you need those documents. You should have those documents. You should have a will. You should have a living will if that's what you'd like. Go to Connors and Sullivan. You know they have locations all over the all over the boroughs. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. You're going to get a free in-person consultation with a lawyer. Call Connors and Sullivan today. Chances are your home financing questions won't end when this show does. So the next time you have a question about home loans, ask the lending experts at Citizens Bank. They can help you every step of the way during the home buying process, starting with getting a pre-approval before you start shopping for a new home. Call 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizens Bank N.A., NMLS number 433960, Equal Housing Lender. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Aired by the New York State Broadcasters Association and this station. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Now in stock in all trim levels and all with a flex Flexibility of third row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call Tables, Matt Sambolino. 
Matt, we have to have an event where you you know you do some legit legit DJing. That'd be nice. Uh, yeah, you know, if you come up to Cave Hill in August, we're gonna okay. set up we're gonna set up a little sound system. <laughs> you don't need much, and you know, back in the day, you needed you know my buddy Noel Downey was a DJ when we were in law school. I'm about to have my 30 year law school reunion. I mean, we, I used to have them carry back now. exactly. I used to have him <laughs> carry crates and crates of albums, which he wound up leaving at one of his gigs. One, like he just gave up DJs, like I'm a lawyer now, and he just left them at one of the places. He would have make a lot of money with those yeah. albums that are thirty dollars each now. Um, I hope you all liked uh, my little uh, summary of um, what it's like to to try, you know, to try a case and to be a trial lawyer and. Um, you know, if you want to, ever want to ask, I have all these interns. They were there today. If you ever have any questions, you can feel free to reach out to us. Um, if you want to call in and ask me any questions about being a lawyer, being a trial lawyer, what it's like and how your heart pounds and the nerves and the stress and the anxiety and how I kept Joe Hassan's picture in my pocket and Jim Koenig's uh, pocket square in my pocket, um, you can give us a call at 877-970-2999, 877-970-2999. What's it like to be a lawyer? What's it like to be a trial lawyer? You know, a lot of lawyers, there are a lot of lawyers out there. Uh, but there are not a lot of trial lawyers out there. Most lawyers don't try cases. They sit back and make a lot of money. Um, I have a young man next to me named Luca who's working so hard. Luca, am I allowed to ask you, what are you working on right now? Um, I am working on a handwriting assignment for forensics. Forensics. Is that like a crime kind of class? It is, yes. So dad's trying a criminal case and you're doing forensics, which is related to criminal cases, correct? Yes. So you're going to be my assistant coming up? Yes. All right. You're going to work for Idola Bertuna and Cummins as a forensic expert someday? What do you think? Possibly. Or you think you just want to go be a chef at L&B Spumoni Gardens? What do you want to do? I'm not too sure. You want to say it's either between a forensic expert or a chef with Uncle Lenny at L&B? Yes. All right. All right, Luke. You keep right now. Are you going to be done by the end of the show, you think? Because we're supposed to go to the Zavarian Gala tonight at the Liberty Warehouse. You think you'll be done? Um, I might be. Well, just work hard here, all right? Don't pay attention to me. Just crank out some work, will you? Okay. All right. You're the best, Luca. So, we all live in this, like, digital world, right? Everything that, I mean, I, I, Your Honor, I withdraw that statement. The vast majority live in this digital world. My parents don't live in this digital world. They don't have anything uploaded anywhere on anything, but... They were able to use their iPad, I think, today to watch me in court because because of the COVID, uh, they're not allowing the courtrooms to fill up. So they're doing something they've never done, and they broadcast the the, the uh, closing arguments today live on one of those Google Meet things. But um, it, it, one of the reasons why my father won't do anything online is because he's just so afraid of it getting stolen. Whatever it is, his Social Security number, his credit card number, his bank account— so I asked Joan, I said, Joan, could you find someone who we could talk to about this? And once again, Joan does not disappoint. On the line, cybersecurity and tech expert, CEO of the tech leader. How do you say that there, Ian? How do you say the name of your company? Fitech Gelb. Say that again. Fitech Gelb. Oh, Fitech Gelb. Ian Marlowe, welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. I apologize for not being able to uh, pronounce the name of your uh, your company. I have had a little bit of a long day, so my apologies. Please do not be offended. No worries. Thank you very much, and I love I appreciate being here. 
Ian, let me ask the question. So, my, you know, my parents are octogenarians, meaning they're in their 80s, and they refuse to do anything online because of their fear. Now, I know you deal with big companies and big corporations, but I, I want to take it in another direction and talking about the little, little people because of their fear of... Uh, uh, basically of getting robbed. Let's face it. Like, they, back in the 70s and 80s when they were in New York and they were my age in the 50s, they were afraid of being robbed you know, on the subway or in Times Square. Now they're afraid to do anything online because they're going to get robbed there. Are their fears warranted or are they just being a little uh, overly cautious? Um, the truth is that it's a little bit of both. Uh, everything comes down to what you're comfortable with. I think that um, there, if you have someone that can help you uh, set things up so it's easy to use, then I don't think there's really much to worry about. The problems that you have, of course, is online scams. And the volume of online scams that it's easy, especially uh, for people that are elderly that don't understand uh, what constitutes a scam versus what doesn't, as opposed to using in-app purchases like consistently using Amazon to do their purchases or the Costco app to do their purchases. Uh, so I think the, the worry is uh, well-grounded in the fact that there are tons of scams that's hard to keep up with them. People are uh, very easily tricked if they don't know what to do or they don't know what to look for. But if they are given a little bit of help by their friends, their kids, the Apple store, it's a very safe place to transact business if you do it within certain ways that you can come. So Ian, as, you know, as a, I'm a former prosecutor, I'm a current criminal defense attorney. Obviously I'm, I'm into the whole world of crime. It's, it's how I paid my bills. Um, I, I don't know how many months ago this was, but um, I get a text out of nowhere from one of the young associates who works for me. And it said something like, okay, here they are. And I said, like, and then she sends me a picture of a bunch of gift cards. And I'm like, what are these about? She's like, what do you mean? This is what you asked for. And there's $400 of gift cards with the backs all scratched off. I said, what, 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 what is this? And she's like, Arthur, what do you mean? What is this? This is exactly what you asked me to do. And basically, someone, I guess, hacked my email address somehow or another and wrote to my associate, can you do me a favor and go to Amazon, not Amazon, go to the like the grocery store or wherever they sell Walgreens, Walgreens, I think it was, and buy me $400 worth of uh, gift cards. And you know, she got ripped off. I mean, that's the bottom, bottom line is she she, she scratched the backs off and she emailed everything to, to them. And we lost the money, of course, because I'm a nice guy. I peeled $400 out of my wallet and gave it to this young lady because I felt bad for her. Um, but... Ah, tell explain and just just last week I get an email from a like a distant friend who I had spoken to for the first time in months recently and she writes me it's so personal hi Arthur hope you and the family are well listen I'm having a little problem with my Amazon account um is there any way you could buy me like I think it was $300 worth of Amazon uh, cards and I'll send you uh, a check for the $300 and my, in my initial instinct, because this is an older person, oh, she's probably having difficulties. Okay, I'll do it. And then I'm like, what are you, an idiot? This is exactly what happened with the person in our office. So explain to us. And of course, you know, of course, it was a total scam. Like, how do these things work from the criminal side of, of the criminal side of things? 
and then and how do we how do we prevent prevent this from happening? Because I got to tell you, I almost got sucked in just two weeks ago. So the first answer, uh, which is a mental one, is it's about education. Okay, the the truth is that people, for some reason, I, I personally am amazed by this scam because uh, people thinking that they're going to be using uh, Amazon gift cards and it spans so many things that they're asked to pay for. You know, I use Amazon gift cards or Apple gift cards to pay your electric bill or, you know, a, a, even like a bench warrant or something else, uh, you know, to pay to pay bail. It, there's so many things that come out in these uh, these scam emails and people say, this is a way for me to transfer money. Uh, there is no situation, none whatsoever, under which that scam uh, is, should be viable. And there's no payment structure in which somebody should be going down to Walgreens and buying that. What is making it seem legitimate is one of two things. Earlier, your comment was you think that somebody potentially hacked your email. The likelihood is that scam was not based upon hacking your email. It is possible. And if they did hack your email, if you're on Microsoft or Gmail, you should enable multi-factor authentication, which is a little security checkbox in your, in your settings that will make it so if anyone tries to log in, it'll send a notification to your phone, and then you will deny them access. But the greater likelihood is a phishing scam. And what that means is that someone is sending that email from another weird third-party email address that it creates a mask. And when it is received into the mailbox of someone you may have emailed in the past, it looks like it's your name, but it's really not. It looks like it's your email. Easy way for people to check that is when you get emails in your mailbox and you see the name of the person and it looks like very something, whether it's something suspect or just out of the normal, if they either hover over it or double click on the name in the from, it will actually bring up or show you that email address. And if it is not the legitimate one and it says .verizon.net or at Gmail or at Hotmail, it's a scam. All right. Now- and you want to block those email addresses. Uh, thank, thank you, Ian. I, I have a feeling I'm going to be calling on you a little more regularly because this, these are real problems. Before I let you go, so we were talking about the real micro, right? The mom and pops of, of the world, of the little Arthur Idalas. How is cybersecurity and what is the status of cybersecurity for the, the big boys, for uh, Chase Bank, for Con Edison, for entities that if they got really infiltrated and wiped out, it would cause and have, you know, cataclysmic uh, effects? Well, you know, my answer to that is that it's not just cybersecurity. If you go back 10 years ago, the big world was disaster recovery. And we moved from disaster recovery that's restoring from tapes and we can't continue to work to what is really now known as business continuity. We don't want disaster recovery. We want to continue. We want instant gratification that if something goes down, I can still access my bank, access my information. And layered on top of that is this term which has become ubiquitous of cybersecurity. And what does that mean? It means keeping the bad guys out. And how do we keep the bad guys out? And the answer ultimately is using things that the lower level consumer is now using in their life, such as secondary authentication using your mobile device 
sending you that notifications in case there is a breach. Making sure that you use the simplest forms of control. Like most people don't know this, that if you go, uh, if you have an iPhone and you go into your passwords under the settings, it will actually tell you how many of your passwords have been compromised on the dark net, on the dark really? web. Really? On the dark web? It will web. tell you right there. And what you should do, it'll, it will also tell you how many of your passwords are the same. So you need to go in and start to change those, and that is a very big aspect of vigilance. Cybersecurity today is not just about what security system or technology is being used to protect us. It's also about a new type of common sense. You know, growing up, you used to, when I grew up, if you walked down a dark alley, the hair went back up on the back of your neck and you thought something was wrong and you had that sixth sense. The same is true in the world of cybersecurity. If something is too good to be true in an email that you're getting, it already is. If you, one of the most simplest, amazing mistakes that are made within the world of cybersecurity is getting an email asking you to wire money from your bank to a foreign account, to another account. Oh, and people me. do that without doing the simplest human thing of picking up that telephone, calling the other party and saying, I have this request for a wire. I need to confirm the information for the wire. If people would do that human act, it would dramatically eliminate and drop all of these scam artists. But they're preying on our capability and our desire for instant gratification. So if I do, if, if, so if I do what you told me to do, and I go into one of my passwords, it comes on my iPhone says compromised password. This password has appeared in a data leak, which puts this account at a high risk of compromise. You should change your password immediately. This is on the iPhone. So now I got a lot of work yep. to do. So um, I really got to run. I kept you much longer than I wanted to, and then I, I'm actually I'm allowed to by Matt, Matt Sambol, and it's his fault. But uh, Ian Marlowe, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This was very educational. And Joan Pelzer, our executive producer, the producer of all producers, uh, found you, and she will be reaching out to you on a regular basis to, to guide us through this. Thank you so much, Ian. Thanks a lot. Be well. All right, Don, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Bitter and Sammy from Howard Beach. We're going to talk about the law. We're also going to talk about singing and the Grammys and, and gaming. And then at the end of the show, Luca's going to tell us all about what he's got going on tomorrow morning. We'll be right back. Hi, Kevin McCullough. It is Wellness Night on Radio Night Live. That means we will check in with our friends at Balance of Nature. Tom Jones is running 76 marathons in 76 days. Also, Dr. Mark Siegel, the grand poobah of the Fox News Medical All-Stars, joins me. That's tonight at 7. I want to tell you about a company I believe in, Pure Talk. See, with Pure Talk, you only pay for great service and a U.S.-based customer service team. With Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobiles, you're paying for social initiatives, probably ones you don't agree with. You're paying for thousands of retail stores you never go into and added perks you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Just excellent coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys for half the cost. The average family saves over 800 bucks. 
a year. So keep your number, keep your phone, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data is just $30 a month. And if you want unlimited data, you can get it and still save a fortune. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Carl Jackson, and you'll save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. Dial pound 250, say Carl Jackson. Dell Technologies wants to celebrate all your hard work with these Small Business Month specials. Get great value offers on powerful laptops, desktops, and servers with Windows 11 Pro starting at $499, plus top monitors and docks, all with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. It's the perfect time to upgrade so you and your team can stay secure from anywhere. Call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL to refresh your business tech with these Small Business Month specials. Dell recommends Windows 11 Pro for business. AM 970, The Answer, doesn't have to stop when you turn off your radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Download the app. Just search AM 970, The Answer. Take us with you wherever you go. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Starting you up after the hump of Wednesday night. Yeah, baby. Luca night for me, and I'm so excited. There was nothing better than, you know, working your, your tail off. In Life's Little Instruction Book, there's a page that says something like, you cannot, re- what is it? You cannot relax yourself into being happy or something like that. Happiness comes from feeling feelings of accomplishment and hard work. And uh, obviously... I don't know what the verdict is going to be, and I'm going to be very disappointed if it's not the verdict that I would like it to be. But I, um, I do feel like I, I worked hard, and uh, I do feel. I mean, I really put my heart into this, and um, it was great waking up this morning and saying, "Okay, like I'm going into battle." I, I would like to think it's like what what a boxer feels like before he. And now I guess I have to say he or she goes into a ring, goes into the ring. But I got some people on the phone who want to talk about this. Let's start off with Sammy in Howard Beach. Sammy, welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. How are you, Sammy? Well, it really should be welcome back because they knew who was calling in. Anyway, um, you know, I understand you may have had a dilemma yesterday. I don't know if you're still representing that young lady that had a bail revoked. Yes, I am representing the woman who is on the cover of the Daily News. Yes, Laura, okay. Pas- Lauren Pacienza. Yes, she's the cover of now, the Daily obviously News. Now, obviously, you can't be in two places at one time. So how do you feel that you're not there to give your view about the bail being revoked and, you know, uh, being a, a strong advocate, which I know you are, for, for that young lady? I think that's, first of all, that is a fantastic question. Um, and 
if I'm going to give my, my law firm a little commercial, what makes my law firm a little different than a typical criminal? Def- I mean, we do a lot in my firm, but I am known personally for the criminal defense work and the trial work. And I have people behind me. Like, I have a very deep bench, Sammy. That's the answer to the question. So the people who were in court yesterday were uh, former appellate division judge John Leventhal, who is one of the most prestigious, respected, retired judges in the whole industry. I mean, he's known as a legal scholar, uh, as well as he was a fierce advocate before he was on the bench for 26 years. So I had him in there, and I had John Esposito, who's a former Manhattan DA. He was a supervisor in the DA's, uh, DA's office. He was almost there for a decade. Uh, he's in his, uh, you know, like I'm allowed to say it, he's in his 60s. He's no veteran. He's no shrinking violet. Uh, and since you brought that up, it was ob- I wasn't there, so I'm just reporting on what I was told. It was obvious from in the moment the judge took the bench that she had her mind made up. She wasn't listening to anyone. If Johnny Cochran came out of the grave and came and argued why bail should not be changed, it was not moving the needle. And I made sure that my client's family understood that and knew that, and they felt comfortable with the people who were there, and they saw it with their own eyes uh, that this judge for this particular topic had her mind made up. Uh, we will report soon about what uh, what the future holds on that particular case. But I will tell you this. I was in the middle of the defendants uh, in my case that I'm currently on with his uh, testimony. And when I got the word that she was with Lauren Pacienza was remanded. And what I thought of is what my friend Dr. Dawn Hughes told me is when you're in the moments like that that are so important you cannot let your you can't divide your energies. You have to focus on the task at hand. And yesterday the task at hand was the trial that I'm on now. I did speak to Lauren today. She's fine. Everyone's okay. It's you know, we're gonna start a battle, but we're gonna start that battle after the battle that I'm in right now is over. But thank you, Sammy. That was an excellent question. I appreciate it. And warm regards to Howard Beach. Let's go to Bitter in New York City. Hello, Mr. Bitter. This is Arthur Idala. Welcome to the Idala Power Hour. Good afternoon, Arthur. Great to speak to you. I've been an avid listener since you've been on the air, and I have to say I love your show. Thank you very and much. I appreciate asked- it. Yeah, you asked about, uh, you know, something that us neophytes would like to know about, you know, trial lawyers. And so I know you would be first very happy dresser and take a lot of pride in your going to the, uh, you know, getting your, uh, your various outfits together before court. And then uh, you indicated that uh, early in your life you were interested in theater. So it came to me, I wonder what the most theatrical moment Mr. Idala had in court was, and I wonder if you could uh, could uh, tell us that, tell us neophytes. So I'll take the answer offline. Thank you so much. Oh, th- thank you for calling work. in, Mr. Bitter. I, um, that's a great question. Uh, I would have to say overall, I would have to say overall uh, in my whole career was probably as a prosecutor. Uh, I did get permission, I think, from the sergeant in the courtroom, but it was a one witness ID case of a very, very bad assault. A guy really got really beat very badly. And I was prosecuting the defendant. And the identification was from a construction worker who was some distance away. Uh, You know, it wasn't very close. He was some distance away. But he wasn't just standing on the ground. He was on the top of a steamroller, actually. 
uh, which is a, like a, the size of a tractor. And when he was testifying, I had him talk about the measurements of the steamroller and how high he would be up there. So in my closing argument, I said, you know, uh, the defense attorney said, how could he see from that far away? How could he make an identification from that far away? I said, folks, folks, he wasn't like a normal guy that day. He wasn't standing on the ground just taking a look. Look at him. And I just, because I was 26, I just leaped up on top of the table. And I am now in a Supreme Courthouse standing on the table. And I took a line out of uh, uh, the Titanic and... and uh, I, on the waterfront, like, look at me. I'm at the top of the world. I can see everything. I have my arms all spread out, and I'm doing 360s. I'm saying, look at the difference between what I could see if I was standing, which is what the defense attorney wants you to see, but what's the truth? He wasn't standing. The eyewitness was not standing on the ground. He was standing way up high, and he was able to make the identification. And sure enough, the jury convicted, and afterwards, I'll never forget, a tall African-American gentleman came over to me, he said, you know, Mr. Idala, I was doubting that that identification and whether it was possible until you jumped up on that table. And once you did and you showed how they were really able to make that ID and his line of sight and the vision, he said, and I made analogies like you keep to the Empire State Building and how much you could see when you're that high up. He said that really put things over the top. So that was a... Um, uh, that was a, a very theatrical moment, uh, Mr. Bitter. Also, um, th- the civil summation I gave that I think I did pretty well on was when I, I got to represent Lawrence Taylor in the federal courthouse in the Southern District of New York. And then there was a homicide he did out in Suffolk County uh, where I will say with all humility, when the trial judge uh, got an award himself months later, uh, and I happened to come to the award ceremony for him being the judge of the year. He uh, introduced me in front of everyone before his family. And he said, I want to introduce you to the lawyer who gave the greatest closing argument I've ever seen in my legal career. So that's that's pretty good. Um, speaking of pretty good, let's get let's go from pretty good to awesome, um, because our next guest, you know, I'm a music guy. You're going to get a special musical edition for our 100th show, which is right around the corner. But. I've never been nominated for a Grammy, but our next guest has. Jay Watts, you on the line with us? I am on the line. How's it going? How does that feel to get nominated for a Grammy? You know what? It, it, honestly, it's pretty shocking because uh, you just you create music and you, you do it. You love it. There's so many incredible artists, so much great music out there that when it happens, it's, it's pretty surreal. You, you know, you always want it. When it finally happens, you're like, Wait, seriously? <laughs> and were, and were, you able, were you able to attend the Grammys? You know what? The year that I was nominated, oh, no. uh, which is, you know, I wasn't able to attend. But so the first time I went was 2020. So before all the madness, I did get to go that year. That's kind of cool, yeah. right? It was very cool. It was, it was pretty. Where was, it was it, awesome. where was it located that year? It was in L.A. It was in L.A. You know, and it was, it was, it was, it was a weird time because, like, that day was, like, not so great news. I don't even want to bring you know make the damper but it was prior to COVID so it was kind of like super weird but it was still exciting to be there though just because you know the Grammy. No it's good are you kidding me any of those things are, are super duper cool now <laughs> now you've done like this crazy like 180 flip and now you're like this massive 
gamer and tournament champion gamer. And uh, so, you know, I'm over here, my son, who's 15, sitting right next to me. I'm always yelling him about gaming all the time. And here I am putting on a guest who's going to, you know, tout the, uh, the awesomeness of gaming. But go ahead. Take it away. Tell us, Jay Watts. Tell us all about the world of gaming and what you're doing right here in New York City, the greatest city in the world. Of course. Well, first of all, I've been a video gamer since I was four years old. So I've been I've been in this space for a while. It was just never something you wanted to say out loud. You know, I didn't want to tell the world how big of a massive nerd I was. But I, I definitely built a company that allowed me to pour all of the assets of myself into a company. And, you know, when you think about video games, like you're talking about music, every video game has music in it. So I built this ecosystem that really focused on extrapolating all these individual nuances of gaming. So every video game, a great one starts with a story. So we're like, okay, well, how do we involve the writers? And then there's great graphics, you've got animators, and you've got designers, you've got fashion, people that are creating the skins. So there are all these facets. So Coexist Gaming is actually a lifestyle gaming company um, that's really pioneering inclusivity and opportunity in gaming through a 360 degree lens. So and just so, just do me do me a quick favor, Jay. Um, yeah. People who don't know what the heck gaming is, just just give them yeah. a very simple definition. What does that mean, gaming? Because you know, with gaming, when I grew up, it was like checkers, chess, yeah. Monopoly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> What's gaming so, now? Yeah. Well, first off, when you say gaming, we're we're talking about the gamut of gaming. So there's video games, which is the massive part of it, but there's also mobile gaming. And we include, so Coexist is about board games, card games, tabletop games. Uh, board games are massive in the gaming community. From You know, you got D&D, huge community. Millions Dungeon of people. Dragons. Card- yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I mean, you've got these massive communities. And everybody needs a place to belong. So Coexist Gaming is really the representation of what inclusion looks like within pretty much any aspect of gambling outside of gambling. <laughs> I got you. So what are you doing in New York? What are you doing in Times Square? Yeah, well, we built the first subscription-based gaming lounge in New York City, and we're actually excited about opening our flagship lounge near Times Square this summer. So it's it's a big one for us. So I'm tell really me, explain, explain to us, what, what is that? Yeah, so in the New York Daily, we were actually called the Soho House for Gamers. Okay. So... What I really focused on was kind of disrupting the pay-to-play model. A lot of people have gone to, you know, Dave and Buster's and Barcade, and it's really cool. But you, you can walk in there for free, but you can't really do anything unless you have a pocket full of coins and you pay to play. Well, we're a bunch of engineers and developers, so we actually modded a lot of systems, made everything free to play. And then we put together a really awesome membership so that you could walk into the space, either pay if you're not a member a one-time fee and experience everything that's happening in the space, or you could become a member. And a membership for us was just what the ecosystem was. What do you do when you're playing the game? We wanted to make sure it was there. But when you put the controller down. Oh, look at that. What happens when you put the controller down, Sambo? And what do you think? Uh, when you put the control, you think about the next game to play. You, th- you think about, oh, we just lost Jay Watts. Oh. I'm sorry, Jay. Um, yeah, the, the last question I wanted to ask her, um, we lost her, and we'll bring her back on another day. But the last question we, we, we I was going to ask her is, I think the world of gaming is more or less a male-dominated uh, environment, and you have a, a young woman who uh, clearly is is very active in the space. Jay, you there real quick? 
I am. I Sorry. am. Let me just ask you. Let me ask you. That's okay. Let me ask you one more question. My limited understanding is this is kind of a male-dominated environment, and here you are a leader in this industry. What's that like? Well, the, honestly, every aspect of my life has been very male-dominated, from music to food and beverage to engineering and, of course, gaming. But I'm very excited to say that close to 50% of our members are women. Okay. And I think it really matters that that representation and inclusion is really at the foundation level of what we focus on providing. And so women feel very comfortable in the space. And listen, whenever there are girls there, guys are happy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I agree. I, listen, I'm from that school as well. And, and let me ask you one last question. Um, I, you know, I, so I'm sitting here with Luca. He's 15. Like how, what did, what are your general parameters? How long, how many hours a day is he allowed to play roadblocks? Or what do you play now? Roadblocks yeah. or Fortnite? Roadblocks. So what do you think is healthy? So we... <laughs> Well, we've got three different tiers to our membership. So for one, we have a kids club. Our coaches is kids club. Kids are actually welcome from among Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. But during the week, if they want to actually come, they just have to have a guardian from open close. You literally get to hang out. We open at 6 o'clock in the evening. We'll be open till midnight and on the weekends a little later. Right, but, but they can't be playing that long. How long should they play? An hour? Hour and a of half? Of course you can. Well, wait, you're talking about it coexists or in real, in like your world? I'm talking about in real world. Like, to, how, when do their brain get fried? Well, here's the thing. They don't, it doesn't have to get fried. Like, first of all, I think every parent should know that video games is an opportunity for you to learn more about what your children are interested in. There's a reason that every personality gravitates to every type of game. Roblox is an awesome world that focuses on world building. So wildly imaginative. I mean, learn about every kid doesn't want to code, but you know what? They may want to design. They may want to be a graphic designer. And they may love the fact that they're creating digital assets. These are all things. My son has got the biggest them. grin on his face. All right. Yes. It's Jay, I, I apologize, but I'm up against a hard break. Thank you so much. And I, I'll see you in Times Square. My law office is right around the corner. Coexist Gaming. I'll see you there. Thanks so much. Thanks for calling in. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and then Luke is going to tell you what he's doing tomorrow at school. Be right back. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. Eight eight. New York City's first and only life plan community, River's Edge, will soon be built on a 32-acre campus along the Hudson River just minutes away from Grand Central and Riverdale. River's Edge, a community for adults ages 62 and up, provides peace of mind knowing that if your health changes, your needs can be met seamlessly right where you live. You have a life plan with easy access to uninterrupted on-site care at no additional cost, no matter how your needs change. River's Edge, your plan for calm. Call 844-55-RIVER. That's 844-55-RIVER or visit riversedge.org. Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from people in the know. With us for the very first time, a very special guest who is a New York City treasure, a legend in the Harlem community, Reverend Robert Royal. You speak of Jimmy Hoffa. We talk about the uh, father. You knew him, didn't you? The old man was quite a figure, particularly when it came to negotiation, contract negotiation. He didn't take no prisoners. You either were with him or you were against him. And Jimmy Hoffa was true to a fault. He never once deceived anybody. He told you right up front, 
I'm doing this for my people. And that's what Jimmy Hoffa was all about. A great man, a great man. And in spirit, he still lives in my mind, and I pray God that he lives in every team that walks this earth. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd at a new time, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 and again at 9 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? My name is Ron Legrand, and over the past 40 years, I've bought over 3,000 houses without using my money or credit and taught thousands to do the same. Today, even in a virtual environment, we buy nice houses and nice neighborhoods using no banks, realtors, contractors, or other costly entanglements, and build huge cash flow and wealth without the hassle of tenants, all without credit and little or no money. You don't need a license or experience, and I'll show you exactly how it's done. Text RON to 99799, and I'll send you my free training. I promise I'll change the way you think about real estate and open the door to a new lifestyle that doesn't involve risk or rehabs and can quickly replace your current income. Text RON to 99799 and let me show you how to take your life back and build cash flow and wealth from your home. That's RON to 99799. Again, text RON to 99799. A little bit of the animals here. How is Eric Burden of the animals 81 years old today? Wow, it's just nuts. Um, so tomorrow, I got permission from the judge to uh, be a little late. Um, they're going to go on without me because I have to go to Lucas School. What's happening tomorrow morning, Luca? My honor society ceremony. So Luca is getting inducted into the National Honor Society. How many kids in your whole high school are getting inducted, Luca? Four. How many kids? How many sophomores? Two. How many juniors? One. How many seniors? One. So in the whole school of uh, his whole high school, uh, Luca is one of four who has achieved the status of being inducted into the National Honor Society. Luca, we are all so proud of you. You've worked so hard. You get all great grades, and you're just a wonderful young man. So we'll have a great morning tomorrow, and we'll be back tomorrow night. Stay tuned. We'll be at Marco Polo. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.